I am here at the border, just past the border, between Capitol Reef National Park and Grand Staircase Escalante National Monument. Um, camping, and the, the rain is just, just starting to come. We saw it coming all day, and uh, I said, let's camp. Um, we are about two miles short of our goal for the day, and uh, it was a goal that uh, I am... You know, I'm very happy where we're at. We uh, weren't sure if I wasn't sure if I was going to make it to that point, and uh, the fact that we're so close, and we only need to go a few more miles of climbing, and then uh, it's all downhill. You can hear the well, not all downhill, but it's it's mostly downhill, with a few big climbs still left to go uh, before we get into Boulder. Um, but today, I think was the probably the toughest day so far. Um, yesterday was pretty tough because we went. 70 miles, over 70 miles, and we had a, a significant headwind for most of that, and uh, some significant climbs, but uh, I think today, um, based on just the amount of walking that we had to do, um, we had to walk up the Burr Trail switchbacks, which were some of the steepest switchbacks I have ever seen. Um, I don't, I haven't been able to find the elevation, but I don't know, we probably gained about a thousand feet in the course of a mile and a half worth of switchbacks. It was pretty intense, but the riding was nice. Uh, no cars. We rode for about 20 miles. Uh, first 10 miles were uh, a little up and down, nice easy riding. And then uh, next 10 miles, a lot of climbing. And then at that point, we uh, got a little shaved by a tree. And then we um, went onto a dirt road which we just got up back on a paved road and we came from Capitol Reef in the Grand Staircase. Um, and that dirt road, and not only was it extremely steep, but just walking up the bikes was, was so much harder on the dirt road because, you know, there were some uh, washboard ruts and uh, even where there weren't, it was, it was hard to get traction both for my front wheel and for my feet. So it was just, it made it a lot harder to uh, ride and also to walk with the bike. Uh, very strenuous climbing up those switchbacks. Um, but we did it, and we, yeah, that took us, I don't know, probably an hour <laughs> to get up the switchbacks. No, not, not quite an hour, but it, uh, it felt like it uh, a very long time. But we got here in the camp um, probably about, about 6, so still had plenty of daylight. And we had another couple miles to go before we were, we were going to camp at the Stud Horse Peaks campground, which is a BLM campground. We figure if we're going to camp at a BLM campground, it's you know we might as, we could just camp anywhere, and so that's where that's where we are. The, the wind is really picking up here, and uh, some light rain, and uh, my tent is all set up and everything. My both my bags are in the vestibule. Last time one of our bags soaked through the rain cover and everything got wet. That was no fun. Um, hopefully this rain shouldn't last too long, and I'll have an opportunity to dry out. And I just got in the tent, so shouldn't have to get out anytime soon. Um, but we have, yeah, we climbed a lot today, probably, I mean, somewhere between one and 2,000 feet. I know it was at least probably 1,000 feet for the first 20 miles, so, um, yeah, so it's, it's pretty high up here, and, but the good news is tomorrow, I didn't realize this, I was just looking at my phone, and the, uh, you know, of course, no reception, but the offline maps, um, we haven't had cell phone reception for probably three days now. Um, since we left Moab, we got Wi-Fi in Blanding, and then it hauls crossing with a ferry 
Um, that I should have mentioned. We started out at the ferry um, this morning. We camped in Halls Crossing and rode the three miles to the ferry, um, which with our uh, full supply of water, I because I had been given some water bottles the other day, um, disposable water bottles, you know, I don't like to use those and I don't encourage people to use them, but, you know, when I'm out on the trail asking for free water, um, happy to take it. Um, we kind of struggled a little bit with that. It took us a little while before we came to terms with the idea of uh, asking for water. You know, everybody told us, oh, yeah, you know, just ask the cars. All the cars going by, I'll have extra water. And, you know, we kind of struggled with that because we like to have everything we need. Um, but at some point, there's kind of a limit. There's only so much you can carry. And, you know, if you can get uh, free water, when I, I still have only, I carried two gallons this morning, started out with, and uh, I have about a little over a gallon left. Um, and that's after I used a whole bunch to uh, make a big pot of soup, big uh, instant soup, lentil soup, and that was very good. And um, so, yeah, I mean, nothing wrong with asking for water just to kind of top off your supply. I feel like that's good. You just don't want to wait until you get too little. Um, so, yeah, with the ferry, with a great ferry ride. Um, it's part of Utah State Highway 276, uh, the Charles Hall Ferry. And... It's about a half hour ride into Bullfrog, and then a uh, strenuous climb started immediately. Uh, and then it kind of leveled off, and then we had some, some up and down, some downhill. Uh, we did that first 10 miles pretty quickly, crossed a bunch of river crossings where um, the road was just the same grade as the river. And I guess, you know, they get rain like, I don't know, a few times a year, any serious rain. So I guess why build a bridge if, uh, you know, if you're not going to get that much? You just have to you know, wait it out. It's a little stream. You know, the rain comes and forms a little stream and the stream dries out in like a day. And You know, I guess that's how that works. Um, we rode through, yeah, very rural area, another more desolate areas, but um, got beautiful views of Capitol Reef and um, I guess the Grand Staircase and places outside of that. Um, we, it was not long, maybe, I don't know, Ten, five to ten miles before we get into Capitol Reef that uh, we, the dirt road started. And uh, once we get into Capitol Reef, it was a little sandy. And, um, yeah, we... A couple of points where I kind of, you know, slid around in sand. And uh, maybe a few times where I had to actually stop because I got stuck in the sand. And uh, that was that was no fun. And as I mentioned, the dirt road just um, made it very difficult to push the bike. Uh, I was extremely happy when I entered Grand Staircase and saw pavement. Uh, not only because I knew that that was closer to uh, where we were going to camp, um, although we're camping a little short of that, but because I knew that, uh, because, you know, pavement is so much easier to ride on, especially when we're having to climb big hills. Um, it's It can be very difficult on dirt when you're down in the lowest gear that you have and your tires are spinning, or your rear tire is spinning. And that and then you got a wind in your face. We had a side wind. Um Got very windy up here once we climbed up the switchbacks. So tomorrow is going to be a much easier day. Um, I was looking at my phone and I realized that in the offline maps, I realized that uh, there's only a couple more miles of climbing. Maybe two or three more miles of climbing and then we start descending. And uh, it's not all downhill. There's going to be a couple of big climbs along the way. But, uh, you know, all in all, that in- all included tomorrow's uh, 24 miles to Boulder. So that'll be good, and I think it's another, I think it's another, thir- maybe thirty from Boulder to Escalante. Um, not much of a town in Boulder; it's a pretty small. But they got a couple of restaurants, and I'm pretty sure they have a small grocery store. Um, 
And I know at least they have a convenience store. And then Escalante is a, a bigger town and has a bunch of stuff. So looking forward to getting to Escalante, but I don't think that we'll get there tomorrow. But getting in a boulder uh, probably early afternoon will give us the opportunity to uh, go past Boulder Camp and then get into Escalante the next day in the morning or early afternoon and keep moving. So uh, that's, you know, we're in good shape now. We got the toughest part out of the way, which is the Bert, the uh, Bert Trail switchbacks. Hands down the toughest part. Toughest thing I've ever tried to bike up. Um, and I didn't bike up, I walked up and uh, still very, very tough to do. Um, so, yeah, it gets easier from here. And we should be today, I guess it's Tuesday, I think. Um, I don't know, I lose track of the days. So we left landing on Saturday. We got, um, yeah, we got the Halls Ferry, would have been Sunday night, and then, all right, so that today's Monday night. Um, so we should definitely be in Bryce by the weekend, and that'll be very exciting. I still don't know how I'm going to handle my mail drops. I got, um, oh, we might change the route. We're thinking about changing the route to go through, um, to go down US 89 after we get past Bryce on Route 12, after we get past Bryce Canyon. Um, and the reason for that is because we had a nicer route planned to go around and wind up on the west side of Zion and kind of a back road, kind of on the top of Zion National Park. But uh, it's a much longer route and uh, it's a good, good bit of dirt road. And so we, uh, you know, we can do US 89 probably one day from Bryce down to very close to Zion. So, um, think that's we uh, want to do that to kind of move things ahead and the reason I remember that is because I have some uh, items that I've sent to two boxes that I've sent to Tropic Utah which is a small town seven miles short of Bryce Canyon National Park and that's the closest post office to uh, Bryce National Park I, I know there's one in Escalante and there is I think there's another one along the way between there and Tropic but it's only a day or two ride and uh, I, what I sent there is my light sleeping bag um, before I started the tour my like kind of summer sleep sack um, which I probably am not going to need by the time I get to Bryce because it's kind of high up and it'll be cooler and I'll keep the one I have but I'm going to need that I'm going to need that by the time I get to Zion and uh, it seemed like that would be the, the last post office before Zion. Of course, if we reroute and go through Springdale, that might be different. But um, we, I also sent there, and so I got a bunch of you know food and snacks and stuff that I had left over at um, you know when I was moving out of Breckenridge. And then I also sent from Moab after I finished hiking in the parks. I sent my backpack and my hiking boots, and I think I threw in there a couple of snacks and you know random miscellaneous things and um, I sent that ahead because I knew I wouldn't be hiking between here and there and so uh, I'm not having to carry that it takes a big weight off um, and the backpack is just kind of awkward to strap on the back of the bike so um, it helps not having that um, especially with the climbs we've had to do today so I'll get that traffic Utah I'm still not entirely sure how I'm going to handle all that stuff what I'm going to do with the sleeping bags and the backpack if I'm going to pick it up before I uh, get into Bryce and just carry it with me, you know, carry double stuff for a while. Uh, and then when I get to Hatch Utah, Hatch, Utah I can send uh, some my big sleeping bag somewhere and 
um, some other things back. Uh, we'll see. I have to figure out how I'm going to handle that. Uh, I don't really want to double back just to go to the post office. It'll be a 14 mile round trip. Um, but we'll see how that how that shapes out. I don't think you really care about that. Um, we are on target, I would say, to today's Monday, May 15th. So we're on target to reach uh, Bryce, as I said, Bryce by the end of this week. And then we're on target to reach Zion by the end of the month, or maybe even sooner now if we do US 89. So we could be done with Zion by the end of the month and then um, and then head south. Uh, it doesn't look like we're going to be able to hike or to get the permits to, to, that are required to hike the Grand Canyon. Um, we looked at the information online and um, they started accepting applications four months in advance and it's pretty popular and so we're not sure how that's going to work. Um, we might be able to hike it anyway, but the um, issue might be the camping. I think there's only one campground down there in the canyon floor, and so we're not sure. I guess we'll need to, maybe when we're in Bryce, we can do this. We can talk to the rangers and see if we can uh, get some contact info for for uh, rangers down at, uh, in, in the Grand Canyon, and we can try to figure that out. Um, and this... If there's no way around that, it kind of fits in the solution of like the parks being, um, you know, difficult. The national, a lot of national parks being difficult for hikers and bikers, uh, partly because, as I was talking about the other day, the, the fact that they're so dominated by cars and, and RVs and you know, kind of drive tourists, and but also in some sense that they're getting so much more popular. I was talking to these three people who I met at a campground in Moab who were hiking the Needles District of Canyonlands Park, um, Canyonlands National Park. There's three districts. There's the Island in the Sky, which is the north side, which is where I went. And then there's the Needles District, just kind of south, and the Maze District, just kind of west. And the Maze and the Needles are pretty remote. Uh, the Maze is the most remote. But the Needles is pretty remote, and they were doing... Um, they were planning to do a backcountry hike for four days, and anyway, they wound up changing that up so they could go to the go back to the uh, to the visitor center every day and get water, and and they had a pickup truck, so they were able to, I guess, drive drive to the to the trailheads. But anyway, um, I was talking to one of them, and and she was saying how the national parks used to be much less crowded, kind of quiet, and you could always find a place to camp. She was saying like five years ago, or so. Um, you know, you could always find a place to camp and, you know, we could always, you know, find a place to go and just, you know, get solitude and it was nice to get out there. But now that they're so much more crowded, um, it's, it's becoming much more difficult. And that's, of course, one person's take on it. But I had never been to a national park before last year. Um, I went to Acadia, as some of you may know, from on my last bike tour in, in the fall. I did uh, the coast of Maine and then around Vermont. And when I was the coast of Maine, I went to... Um, Acadia National Park spent a few days there and it was fantastic um, and I really appreciate now now having done some of these I really appreciate the uh, you know the, the great shuttle system and all the trails and you know you never felt like you didn't belong there if you didn't have a car there was plenty to do and uh, fun things that you actually wanted to do and it was close to a you know very close to a big town and the shuttle system just you know took you there and, and everywhere and that, and that was really great, um, although access to and from the the park, um, or to and from Bar Harbor, needs uh, a lot of improvements. The public transportation, 
to the nearest big city where you can get daily bus service is fairly limited, and it's, I'm not going to go into it now, but I talked about it, I'm sure, on the podcast that I did last year, uh, episodes 50. And so, you know, it, so it makes me appreciate appreciate that. But um, the I was going to say, um, my tent, I'm losing my train of thought here. Oh, I was going to say how the national parks are just, you know, getting very crowded. And so we may, you know, yeah, I'll be disappointed if we don't get to hike the Grand Canyon. But you know what, I'll hike other places. And um, the, the big thing is going to be still how are we going to get the, you know, how am I going to get down the Flagstaff? And um, there's a shuttle, there's one shuttle that does that that service. Um, goes from north to south, and it is $100 for a person uh, and $50 for a bike. Well, it's actually, it's $100 for an unattended bike, I should say. Um, and it's a, um, I think maybe 90 a person, 90 for a person, but it's 150 for a person with a bike. So it's not cheap, but, uh, we kind of figured that it'll be the only way to really hike and still get to where we need to go, you know, not have to do a round trip hike. And, uh, cause we didn't want to just, you know, I mean, we could hitch a ride, but we didn't want to just give our bikes to some stranger. Like, yeah, just leave them down there in the South Rim for us. So I'll have to see how that uh, works out. But um, it's about 200 miles on, riding on the road from north to South Rim because you have to go up back the way you came in and, and around and then down a different road uh, because you can't drive through that Grand Canyon. You can't bike through there either. So, yeah, so that's going to be... Uh, so that's it. 200 miles is not something that I really would want to be doing. Um, I probably would wind up taking that shuttle if it if it came down to that. Um, so we'll see how that goes when we when we get closer to there. But uh, in the meantime, I'm looking forward to getting into um, Boulder and to Escalante. Um, I don't think we'll be there tomorrow, but uh, maybe we'll see. Um, looking forward to hitting up the grocery store and. I think they have kind of a small natural foods market, which will be very exciting. Get uh, all my all my healthy junk food, which will be great. Um, but in the meantime, here I got uh, I made some some nice soup, made a big pot of soup, and I have um, instant uh, lentil soup, which is pretty good. And um, I ate the can of soup, less can of soup that I had um, in the afternoon, which is nice to have those because you don't have to cook them, but they are very heavy. And um, Trying to trying to strike a balance between carrying a lot of dehydrated instant food that I just have to add water to, um, which is um, well, it's, it's not. I mean, I don't want to say it's cheap, but it's it's pretty affordable. And um, that you know, not the stuff you buy in REI or whatever, but like you know, the mixes you can get. Like I got in the bulk bin mix from the co-op, um, stuff like that. And then there's things you can get in the supermarket that are you know, you basically just add water or boil in the pouch or whatever. Things like that are super convenient, like the boil in the pouch rice. Um, just so that, uh, you know, cause you just have to add water and so you don't, have to, you're not washing out the pot and, um, it's pretty easy to make at camp, but the down, and they're very lightweight, but the downside is that, um, if you don't want to cook or can't cook, like let's say it's too windy or it's raining, um, or you just pull over the side of the road in the middle of the day and you just want some food now, um, that kind of stuff doesn't really work. So, um. Uh, try to strike that balance of course there's the ultimate emergency snack which is like a cliff bar or a lara bar i should have more lara bars because they're much healthier than cliff bars just i get the uh, cashew one which is just cashews and dates which is perfect um and it doesn't get any healthier than that for like a instant food so 
And I'd love to figure out a way to carry more fruit on tour as well. I wonder if I... I've always been worried about uh, fruit attracting animals at night and, uh, you know, having to worry about that. But uh, I don't know. I guess we haven't really had too, too many issues with animals so far here. Um, you know, of course, it is a desert, so it's, you know, there's only certain animals that can thrive here. But, you know, we do have... I have seen squirrels and, you know, typical rodents that would, that would eat, uh, you know, food that's left out accessible so um but i might try i might try doing that maybe i'll just wrap it really well or put it in a box or something i might try bringing getting some fruit and escalante and carrying that with me and see how that goes um and then the other thing that i hate about food on tour is the um all disposable stuff you know a lot of stuff in disposable packaging right um even if i buy a can of, of soup or beans or something well it's a single-use can and i really don't like that um, I like these instant soups. One of the reasons I like them is because they, uh, you know, I just get them from the bulk section, so I can fill bags that I have, and um, you know, I'm not creating any extra waste. Uh, so I gotta try to look for more of that, and maybe I can find more stuff like this uh, if I look online. Uh, that might be something to do. Um, that would actually be a good idea tomorrow. Just if Boulder has a library, I can spend some time in there, and if not, do it in Escalante, and I can put that on my list of things to do. I wanted to upload this show in Moab, but it uh, just didn't happen. So you'll be listening a little a little late. Um, I don't know when I'll get to this. Uh, it might not be until Flagstaff. I don't know. It's it's we're not really and we're hitting a bunch of small towns, but we're not and they'll have libraries, but um, we're not really hitting any big towns until we get to Flagstaff. So uh, but the next library, I'll see if I can get this uploaded. I have to figure out if I can do it from my phone as well. And my unfortunately my the battery that I bought to, I had to replace the battery that I had to, uh, that I was using to charge my phone. And what I would do is I'd have a dynamo hub on my bike and I have a USB charging device that when the headlight's not on, I can plug in a, a USB device and it will charge. Um, and it's a trickle charge because it's slow charge because it's, you know, coming off of a bike wheel. Um, you know, if you're going, I think you have to be going at least 10 kilometers an hour for it to get anything. Um, but it, it works well. And, um, so sometimes I can plug the phone in directly, which is, you know, the unit has like a battery built in, so it doesn't, it's not going to overload or it's not going to damage the phone or anything. Um, and it'll get us, it'll provide a steady charge to the phone, but, and that works well, but I'd like to listen to using headphones while I'm riding. Um, and so then, then that means I, my phone is in my pocket. And so I, I have a battery that I, I will charge, but it's a dynamo. And then I'll take that at night in my tent or lunch break or whatever, and I'll charge the phone with that. And uh, that's worked very well. Unfortunately, the battery I had died. It was a pretty cheap battery I got for free. So um, I tried to buy another one. It was in uh, Moab, and I went to the... I looked at a couple of cheap ones that just didn't look like they were going to last more than once. And so I went into Gearheads, which is a big outdoor camping gear store. And they, um, you know, gave me this one. It was $25 for a battery that, you know would charge my phone at least once and um i forget the the amp rating but uh it was a pretty good product and so i got it and it worked once and then it wouldn't take a charge anymore and then uh when the next day i got a replacement and they same thing so now i'm stuck with a dead battery and uh, so tomorrow i'm gonna have to uh when i do some downhills i'm gonna have to uh because downhills it's like when i i can't hear the podcasts because it's just the so windy so some of the downhills i'm gonna have to plug the phone in and let it charge 
with the dynamo. I got about twenty percent now. So um yeah, it's pretty annoying. But um yeah, I'm still doing this and um hope hope you enjoy what you're hearing. And uh, I can be reached at Jeremy at criticaltransit.com or if you go to the website, criticaltransit.com, you can email me there or um find me on Twitter at Critical Transit, on Facebook if you find me there, if you search for me there. And um I think vegantravelpodcast.com will also get you there. So um, for now, I'm signing off from uh, the border between Capitol Reef and Grand Staircase on the Birch Railroad.